Many years ago I discovered that it is one thing to teach and preach about faith, and quite another to actually live by faith. Taking a step of faith can be downright scary, but the payoff is always absolutely exhilarating. Stay tuned for an interview with a person who knows what it is like to take a major step of faith. Lamb and Lion Ministries presents Christ in Prophecy, a program that focuses on the fundamentals of Bible prophecy, showing how current events in the news relate to biblical predictions of end time events and the soon return of Jesus. Now, here's your host, Dr. David Reagan. Greetings in the name of Jesus, our blessed hope, and welcome to Christ in Prophecy. My colleague Nathan Jones and I have a very special guest with us today who I know is going to be a special blessing to all of you. His name is Mike Mossberg, and Mike is the executive pastor at the church where Nathan and I are members, the Brookhaven Church in McKinney, Texas. He is also a very gifted Bible teacher. In fact, Mike is my Sunday school teacher. Mike, welcome Thank to Christ you. in Prophecy. Thank you. Glad to be here. So good to have you on, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Mike, this episode is all about faith. So I want to know about your faith journey. How did you come to faith in Jesus? Were you born into a family in faith, or did you come to know the Lord later in life? Well, I was born into a family uh, that loved me and uh, provided everything that I ever needed, uh, but they weren't churchgoers. Okay. Uh, but we lived across the street from a Baptist church. And the <laughs> folks at that Baptist church, we're continually going into the neighborhoods uh -huh. and inviting people to come be a part. My parents wouldn't go, so they asked if I could. And at a very early age, I can remember going to church and sitting on the carpet in the, <laughs> in the preschool area, um, standing and singing those songs where you you know, acted out. Now, I may never march in the infantry. Or where what, is all this taking place? What state? It, it's happening in Huntington, West Virginia. Okay, go ahead. And um, if I didn't show up for a couple of weeks, they would come get me. <laughs> okay. Just right across the street. It was right across yeah. the street. It was, it was uh, real really? easy. And How some, old were you at this time? Uh, probably five, six okay. to start. And yeah. I often wondered if my parents didn't send me just to get some peace and quiet <laughs> on, uh, on a Sunday morning. <laughs> but as a result of that, I came to faith in Christ at a very early age. And um, the teachers discipled me, and virtually every time the door was open at that church, I would be there. Uh, so I, I went through elementary school in their programming, went to their camps, went to junior high school in their camps, um, felt God's uh, call on my life. I dedicated my life to Him. And uh, at an early age, I wanted to be a pastor. Okay. And um, did your example help lead your parents to know the Lord? Uh, Many times we talked about it. Uh, I believe my father uh, came to faith uh, before uh, he passed. Praise and I don't know about my mother, but I know my grandmother did. Okay. And uh, It's amazing what a Sunday school teacher can do. The ripples that go through families and reach other people's lives. Well, what is amazing is uh, how God directed that little boy next to a church in West Virginia and got me over there. Every, everything about my life is due to His mercy and grace. And um, as I grew up, I went from elementary to junior high to high school, and we had a, a wonderful high school uh, uh, teacher and leader, and uh, he discipled me. And 
as a result of that, I came out of high school with the desire to go to Moody Bible Institute and uh, be, well, let's pick up with and that. get on the get on the pathway to become a pastor. Okay, so you you went to Moody Bible in um, Chicago. Chicago, right? Uh, and one of the outstanding Bible uh, colleges in America. And um, you majored in accounting, went into the business world, primarily first of all as a salesman, right? That's right. Yeah, and then you rose up in the world of, of business to a chief executive officer of a major glass company in the United States, and you had achieved the American dream. I mean, everything that, that people dream of. And then God put a decision in front of your life that changed everything. Tell us about it. Well, in uh, 2000, um, I was um, president and general manager of Vitro Packaging, which was a glass container packaging sales company in the United States. We represented Vitro and Vasas, which was the largest glass company in Mexico. And this was uh, an export arm. Our sales were approaching $200 million. Wow. And uh, it was the highest income level I had. And at that time, I received an offer from a company to go back east into the New York area and consolidate three manufacturing companies to sell into the cosmetic and fragrance industry. Um, that was going to be um, an, uh, an advancement that would allow me to retire probably right. in five years. And where were you living when that you got that offer? I was living uh, in tech, right here in Dallas. In Dallas, okay. In Dallas. And and how old uh, were you then? About 55. So you're about to retire in your 50s. Yes, I well, I was it was about yes, I was about 55, and I was planning to work about five years and retire. And um, were you going to church at that time? We were going to to uh, Brookhaven Church, but at that time it was Midway Road. Okay. And um, Joanne and I had been praying about it. Uh, we had moved a number of times, and I didn't want to make a move at that point in my life. That would be a wrong move. Mm -hmm. And so I went to our pastor, Glenn Meredith, uh, after church one Sunday, and I asked, I asked him, said, would you please pray with us about this, uh, that I would be moving back to the New York area, and I wanted to be sure it was God's will. Yeah. And he said he would pray with me about it. I also, at that time, I put some feelers out in the Dallas area, hoping that I might be <laughs> able to stay here. And uh, not have to move. Uh, and I had it, several interviews, but the in income was nowhere near what I was making. And yeah. so I decided I was probably going to go back to New York. Uh, so I asked Glenn to pray, and he said he would. Uh, the next Sunday, uh, after church, Glenn stopped me and asked me, uh, said, just a question, have you ever thought about being an executive pastor? <laughs> <laughs> And I said, um, what's that? Well, <laughs> yeah, what's that? And uh, I said, what, what would I do? And he said, we really don't have a job description yet. We're working on it. Did you ask him how much it paid? I, that was the next question. <laughs> and I said, well, what does it pay? What, how much? And he, he gave me a range that was shocking. It, was, <laughs> it, it, it didn't amount to much, right? It, it was about a, about a fifth of, of wow. what I was making. And, oh, wow. Uh, and I said, well, I'll think about it. <laughs> uh, what he didn't know is that God had touched my heart 30 years before. And because of some decisions uh, that I'd made uh, after Moody, I, didn't, uh, I wasn't going to be able to be a pastor in a Baptist church. 
And that's what took me into the business world. Yeah. And uh, so 30 years later, that desire that uh, God had laid on my heart was kindled a little bit. <laughs> and so I, I remember going home and talking to my wife, Joanne. Uh, we'll celebrate 44 years here uh, in oh, wow. August. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. And uh, I, I told her what Glenn had said, and she looked at me and says, how can you not take it? Wow. <laughs> Wives know better, don't they? And I remember looking at her and saying, really easy. I just say, no, we, we can't do that. And I said, do you realize what it, would, what it will cost us? Uh, uh, we won't be able to afford the home. We couldn't pay the taxes on the home. <laughs> so uh, we couldn't afford the home. Um, we were in, uh, in a country club and played golf, and we traveled around the world and did things like that. And I said, all of that goes. And, and she looked at me and she says, well, you really have to consider it. She says, I can go back to work. <laughs> wow. And I'm, I'm going, wow. And our oldest, uh, our youngest daughter was living with us at that time. And I told her about it and she looked at me and she said, how can you not take it? Wow. And I'm thinking, <laughs> what are they saying that you're not? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, uh, during this, I was going through the interview process. Uh, I had the job offer to go back east. I was going to go back and meet the board. And I remember I was sitting by our pool and I was noodling it, thinking about it, uh, the pluses and minuses. And Joanne walked out to the pool next to the chair and she says, got one question for you. She said, if you were going to make the same thing working for the church, that you're making today, what would your decision be? And she just turned around and walked back in. Wow, that's really putting it to you. It did. It, it, <laughs> was, uh, it was really... And uh, I bet there was no doubt in your mind what you would do if it was the same salary. No, it, that's true. And, and dawned on me, the Holy Spirit just uh, revealed to me at that point, I was letting money be my God. Yes. And that was going to be the factor that made the decision. And uh, up until then, money had not been the deciding factor in any of our decisions. We wanted to do what God wanted us to do. I remember getting up from that, uh, going in and saying, we're going to do it. And uh, we called. And all your and, friends must have thought you lost your mind. Well, the comp folks at the company thought I'd lost my mind. Yes. Uh, I had a number, there. I had a number of that. people tell me they thought I'd gone middle-aged crazy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, looking back on it, it's... Um, the Bible says that we're saved by faith and that not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. And I was so fortunate that God gave me the gift of enough faith to take that first step. And so young, too. I mean, that He led you to the Lord and set you on a path that put ministry in your heart. It just took 30 years before you <laughs> finally, He gave you that calling. Most people expect they're going to get a calling like straight out of college, like I felt I did, and, and keep going. But the Lord waited till you got all this experience first that you could bring it into the ministry. That just boggles the mind. Well, I know in the, the, the staff meeting, there was a devotion today that Moses led, God led the children of God the long way. That's right. And uh, as we were talking about that, I just thought that's exactly what God did with me. He led me the long way and prepared me for this well, job. Well, I've been exactly where you were because I, I was called into the ministry when I was 20 years old. And I said, here am I, Lord, send anybody but me. <laughs> and I've got my own plans. And I pursued my own plans for 20 years uh, in the world of academia. 
and accomplished a lot, but always felt empty because no matter what I accomplished, it wasn't, didn't satisfy me because I wasn't in the center of God's will. And finally, after 20 years, I decided I, I was just miserable and I had to do what God wanted me to do. So I gave up my academic career and stepped out in faith, scared literally to death. And um, all my friends said, You're nuts. You're crazy. What, what, you're giving up your career to become an evangelist and you don't even know where you're going to preach? I said, No, I don't. But uh, I, I never regretted taking that step of faith, but it sure was scary. <laughs> I've, never, I've never regretted it. Uh, it has been such a wonderful experience. Yes. To see the miracles that God did, God performed a number just to get me to the place. Well, the where we reason go to we're the having you on this program today, and we're going to talk about this more in the second segment of the program, is because we have finished a year that has been horrific. Uh, what was it? Liz <laughs> Queen Elizabeth right. II said in 1992 that that year was Annus Horribilis, which is Latin for a horrible year because uh, Windsor Castle had burned and three royal marriages had tanked and uh, just everything had gone wrong. We had a pandemic, an 8,000 point drop in the stock market. We had the collapse of businesses all across America, record unemployment since the Depression, looting and rioting, the stress of the election. People, a lot of people right now are feeling very depressed and people are needing hope and they're needing faith. And so when we come back from this uh, break, I want you to talk about how people, where, where can they find hope today? Okay? I know exactly where it is. Okay. Hi, I'm Tim Moore. Many of you watching the Christ in Prophecy television show have been blessed by the teachings and information we've presented for years. Did you know that Lamb and Lion Ministries also produces a bi-monthly magazine called The Lamplighter? Every other month we publish a magazine filled with articles related to Bible prophecy. We highlight cultural trends and make observations about the current events of the day to point people to our soon returning King, Jesus Christ. If you become a Prophecy Partner, you'll receive the magazine automatically. If you're not a Prophecy Partner, you can receive the electronic version of our magazine at no cost. Or we'll be glad to mail a print edition to your home in the U.S. for an annual donation of only $25. Just call the number on the screen or go to ChristinProphecy.org to learn more. You know, Psalm 119.105 says, God's Word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I hope you'll consider receiving the magazine that will shine the light of God's prophetic Word into your life. Welcome back to Christ in Prophecy, an interview with Mike Mossberg about living in faith. Mike, faith in Jesus generates a hope, something that Americans desperately need. Can you tell us why? And here, let me define faith here in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. How does faith generate hope? Okay, that um, faith is the substance. Uh, another translation for substance there is foundation. Mm -hmm. okay. okay, so faith is the foundation for hope. Uh, then faith is not an ideal. Faith is not a, a wish. Uh, sometimes you hear people say, only believe. Well, if there are no promises from credible sources about what you have faith in, your faith is worthless. Because it seems like Americans today have faith in faith. There's not something bigger that foundate, puts or the foundation of faith. many Christians have faith in politics. Yes. Oh, let me tell you, the, uh, <laughs> if, if faith is the foundation, uh, in another place in Romans it says, faith 
comes through hearing and hearing through the Word of God. So we have, a, we have the Word of God that is absolute truth, that is full of all kinds of promises for believers if their faith is in Jesus Christ. Amen. So I think if you find your hope wavering, then you have to wonder, where is my faith? Uh, because it can't be in science, and it can't be in politics, it can't be in your IRA. can't be in feelings. It can't no. be in feelings. That's, that's it, the only place, it has to be in the Word of God, and it has to be based upon Christ. Uh, in Christ alone, uh, He's the rock, He's our foundation, and I look back to all the promises that He has given us. Uh, I know when I make, took the step of faith, uh, He had already told me that He would be with me every step of the way. He had already told me that I could join in yoke with Him and He would pull the load. And I look back to all the things that had happened in my life before that as I went from company to company. He blessed me in such a wonderful way that folks thought that I was doing it, even though I would tell them many times this was just a divine appointment from God. Mm -hmm. So faith that's based in God and based upon God's Word and God's promises are something that should give us a tremendous amount of hope. It also seems like the more you walked with the Lord in faith, the stronger your faith gave, and that increased your hope as well. Well, I think so. I think He takes us along this road, and, then, and He strengthens our faith, and then He brings us to a fork where we can exercise that faith, yes. and which is uh, really great. And one of the things that I learned is that our reward is not in this life. And, um, and if you read uh, Hebrews 11, all those folks that had faith, it was for a future with yeah. God. And so many churches today are teaching though that, that uh, the reward is in this life. You know, do what we tell you to do, God will make you rich, Best prosperous, famous, yeah. whatever. Those are the churches that uh, they, they can't even seat all the people who want to get in. <laughs> well, that's true. I think uh, in these days uh, there's some thought that we may be uh, moving into a culture that's going to be 180 degrees from yes. biblical principles. Yes. Oh, yes. And if that's true, then God just may be blessing us with the ability to be light in this world today. Yes. Uh, well, was, we're called to be light and salt, yes. just as Daniel was when he lived in a very pagan society. It's, I was uh, going to be teaching on a controversial subject, and I remember going to our pastor, Glenn. I said, I'm going to teach on this, and you may get some blowback. <laughs> and he said, was well, it biblical? And I said, absolutely. And he says, I know it would be. He said, well, then go ahead. He said, if we get blowback, then we'll have the privilege of suffering for okay, Jesus. Okay, now you're talking about faith produces hope. So tell us, what is your hope? My hope is that one day I get to be with Christ. My hope is that uh, when I trusted Him as my Savior, I, 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 I believed in Him, I received Him, asked Him to come into my life, and He said that He saved me when I did that. Yes. My hope is I will spend an eternity with Him because that's His promise. Are you hoping in the rapture of the church? I believe it's going to come back. <laughs> uh, he's coming back. When, he um, promised. <laughs> when, when, I was at, when I was in uh, elementary school, I was so moved uh, by the teaching on the rapture uh, I didn't understand it completely. I, I thought we were all going to float up in the air like <laughs> balloons. And uh, that was my dream. And I was afraid I was going to be left behind. Wow. But I know today that when I see Jesus, He's going to be happy to see me because He's giving me His righteousness. You know, uh, I, I interviewed Tim LaHaye one time, and uh, several times in fact, but one time when I interviewed him, he said that his life-changing event occurred when his father died when he was about 12 years old, and he cried nonstop 
for two days. And they went out to the, had the funeral, they went out to the gravesite, and the pastor read from 1 Thessalonians about the rapture of the church. And he said it was a very gray day. But as he started reading this, the clouds parted and the sun came through. And he said he realized that there was a promise of the rapture. And that became his great hope in his life that one day he would be raptured and reunited with his father. He spent the rest of his life teaching about the rapture. Well, that's, that's a wonderful, hope. and that's sort of the beginning for yeah, us. Yeah. Either we die and we go to be with the Lord and we return at the rapture, or we're raptured with the Lord. Seven years later, we come back yeah. and we get to rule and reign with Christ. That's His promise for a thousand years on this planet. Isn't it amazing when you have the eternal perspective? You're not yes. here worrying about, you know, like you said, your IRA or what you're eating next or what you're wearing <laughs> or what your job is. But when you see that your ultimate goal is an eternity in heaven and this life is like this, it changes your whole perspective. Absolutely. It, it makes you live differently. It makes yes. you show Christ's joy. And that's infectious with other people and it leads people to Christ. Well, it gives you a contentment. That's right. Yes. Well, you know, uh, Mike, you're well aware of the fact that my wife died recently and she was sick for 18 years and nine years of that. The last nine years were dementia where she just seemed to be going down in a dark hole and losing contact with everything. And every day I would go and feed her and every day I'd read to her out of the Scriptures and read a devotional and I'm not sure she understood. I know she understood Scripture spiritually because it has that impact. But I always ended every day by quoting Romans 8, 18. That was our verse and it is on the tombstone that we have uh, erected. And it says, The sufferings of this present time are nothing compared to the glory that is yet to be revealed to us. That's hope. That, that, is, uh, that is a tremendous hope. Some folks, have, um, when they hear my story, and it's really not my story, and it's not my, Joanne and my story, it's uh, really Christ's story. And, and they say, well, you sacrificed a lot, a lot. And we look at them and we say, we haven't sacrificed anything. I mean, there's... Uh, it's just money, right? It, it, but it is. But, but what we received in, in being able to serve the Lord here um, is, is, is more than replaced anything that we ever did. You know, for up. many years I was heavily involved in politics, particularly before I went in the ministry. And I was always watching the news and getting upset. In fact, my wife one time said, you know, honey, you could have a great reality TV show. I said, how? So all they have to do is just put a camera on you while you're watching the <laughs> evening news on TV and you're yeah. shouting and screaming. And yeah. Yeah. But you know what? One day all that stopped because I read Psalm 2. Yes. And Psalm 2 says that while all of the political leaders of the world are conspiring against God, shaking their fists at God and saying, who are you to tell us what to do? We'll do what we please. God sits in the heavens and laughs. Not because He isn't concerned, but because He has it all under control. He has the wisdom and the power to orchestrate all the evil of mankind to the triumph of Jesus Christ. And that gives me hope. Well, it gives me hope. I know even as we go through this uh, COVID crisis, yes. The Bible tells, gives me a promise that all of my days were appointed before I ever go. had one. Yeah. And I, I'm careful. You're bulletproof till then. I, yes. I do, I do yeah. as, as best I can. But I know that all of my days are appointed. Yeah. It tells me in another place in Ephesians that He's appointed good works for me to do all my days of my life. Um, and the great news is that one of these days I'll get to serve Him forever yes. and never grow tired and we never grow weary. The Bible says in Hebrews uh, that uh, people live, that Jesus came to, to deliver people from the lifelong fear of death. 
Yep. And so many people live with that fear of death. And in the pandemic, we've seen this greatly multiplied, a fear of death. Uh, but the Christian looks upon death as a door to an, an incredible life. That's right. It, it, this is really the tip of the iceberg. And I think that's one of the reasons that our hope has to be in the future. Uh, what we do today is going to impact all of, all of eternity. And when you think that no mind is conceived, what God has prepared for yeah. us, I mean, we can come up with what the Bible teaches. And I think the Bible just gives us like 1% of what the <laughs> yeah. afterlife is going to be. Yeah. I mean, it's beyond anything we can understand. You know, it, it gets you excited about what's coming ahead. Well, the, the, the main thing that uh, even believers need is tough faith because it's easy to have faith when everything is going yes. okay. But when things start falling apart and you lose the job or your wife dies or whatever, you need tough faith. The kind of faith that uh, Jeremiah, for example, exhibited when he was walking through the city of Jerusalem and everything was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. The city was destroyed. He saw evidence of cannibalism where people had eaten their children because they had been under siege for several years by Nebuchadnezzar. And, and everything that he loved was gone. And suddenly right in the middle of walking through, he's writing this lament called Lamentations. It's like the sun breaks through and he says, But this I remember, and therefore I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. That's tough faith. Amen. And the Lord did the same thing with Habakkuk, our expert on the minor prophets. Tell Habakkuk 2.4, the just shall live by right. faith. Habakkuk couldn't understand why evil was flourishing, but yeah. God just said, the just will live by faith. Live by faith and everything will God be God said, sense. don't worry, I'm going to send the Chaldeans to destroy your nation. He said, how can you punish those who are evil with those who are more evil? Absolutely. You're a just God. And God said, the just shall live by faith. And that's quoted in the New Testament over and over. In Acts, yes. Well, we have to think that the, the Bible, when it tells us that without faith it's impossible to please Him, Yes. then He's going to give us plenty of opportunities to please Him. Okay. Well, uh, that's uh, Mike, we have so appreciated you being on the program today. And folks, we're going to come back in just a moment. Mike, it's, you've been such a blessing. Thank you so much for teaching us how to have tough faith. If people have questions about faith and they want to reach you, how can they get in touch with you? Can you look in that camera and tell us? You can contact me at brookhavenchurch.com and I'll get back to you quickly. Well, Mike, I too want to thank you for being with us today. You've been a real blessing. And I pray the Lord will continue to bless your ministry and that of your wife. Well, folks, that's our program for this week. I pray the Lord willing you'll be back with us again next week. And until then, this is Dave Reagan speaking for Lamb and Lion Ministries saying, Look up, be watchful, for our redemption is drawing near. The third edition of Dr. Reagan's book, Trusting God, Learning to Walk by Faith, has just been published and is available for a donation of $20 or more. That includes the cost of shipping. The most common response we have received to this book over the years has been an emotional one. It had me laughing one moment and crying the next. In anecdotal form, 
Dr. Reagan tells a story of his wrestling match with God that led him to surrender his academic career and enter full-time ministry, dedicating his life to proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. In the process, he explores central questions of life that confront people on a daily basis. And with each copy ordered, we will supply you with a copy of Colonel Tim Moore's new 48-page booklet titled, Looking Forward to the Reign of Jesus Christ. This booklet explains why Tim has a premillennial view of end-time prophecy and why it matters. Just ask for offer number 957. You can place your order through our website at lamblion.com or by calling the number you see on the screen Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Central Time. Again, you can place your order through our website or by calling the number you see on the screen. Just ask for offer number 957. You can be assured that these materials will be a great blessing to you in understanding God's prophetic word. Thank you for joining us on today's Christ in Prophecy, a presentation of Lamb and Lion Ministries, a non-denominational ministry dedicated to teaching the fundamentals of biblical prophecy and proclaiming the soon return of Jesus. 